I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. With me, Dr. Thaddeus Argala. He told me how to say his name like that. Dr. Thaddeus Argala. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, he is the owner of four medical clinics, and he sees 4,900 patient interactions per year. And these clinics, well, there's something special that goes on there. And specifically, they help people reverse some of the most chronic health conditions that you can find. Um, now, Thaddeus was also invited by Sir Richard Branson to attend uh, to the UN to help with ocean conservation and has been to Necker Island and lost a, a well-fought game of chess to Sir Richard Branson himself. <laughs> um, now, uh, just in this past, uh, this past year, Thaddeus has helped people save upwards of $98,000 on average on their taxes for 2019. So Dr. Gala, I guess I should refer to you as, welcome to Sales Team Rescue. <laughs> it's great to be here. That, Thaddeus is fine. And one thing on there, I, I appreciate the intro. Um, we, we saw 49,000 patient oh, interactions. Oh, I said 100. Oh, 49,000. Uh, 49, but that's all right. It's just, it's just a zero, but that's okay. <laughs> just a zero. No big deal. You know what? It's, it's like money, right? $1,000, $10,000. One extra zero never hurt anybody. Zero, right? But actually, that gives us a really nice segue into our topic today because um, our audience is all about companies that want to build sales teams um, and, and what they need to do to, to get off the ground. But because we've got a lot of interesting things going on in the world right now, we've got financial constraint in a lot of places. And I think that financial education is something that um, is something that we grow into as business owners. And uh, I've had lots of conversations in the last few weeks around the solopreneur mindset, the entrepreneur mindset, and what I consider the business owner mindset. And the business owner mindset is something I really want to talk to you about today um, because I've learned that I think differently now about money and business and specifically taxes um, than I did three years ago. And I see people that think even, uh, you know, are, are more further ahead than I am, such as, you know, Grant Cardone, we both know and love, uh, Robert Kiyosaki, um, even Jeff Bezos. So, Tell me a little bit about um, that money mindset and, and how you see that evolving as businesses grow or as business owners evolve in their thinking. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think, I think it really comes down to you have to have, you, you have, to have the mindset uh, that money is okay to talk about and to think about. And right. I think so many people have a phobia around it. And I, I see... You know, it, it, and that's the thing. As soon as you use the word sales, people people think it's a dirty word and they cringe because they have this phobia and this idea of what sales is in their mind. When when really sales is is really getting somebody emotionally invested in something that I believe is good is good for them and getting them emotionally invested in the transformation. And to me, a good a good salesperson is an educator. They are they they're a, they're a dreamer. They're they're they help people see a transformation. They help people see see where the future is, and you need to be able to do that to yourself on whatever goal that you want. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to finances, they think, oh, that's CPA stuff. That's financial advisor stuff. That's, that's that kind of stuff. But that's like saying that health is just your doctor. Oh yeah. To be healthy. I have a doctor for that. It's like, well, well no, your doctor can't do your pushups for you. 
uh, and and at the end of the day, you know, you're only seeing them a small sliver out of the out of the year. And usually, people see their CPAs or their financial advisor, most people, about as often as they see their doctor. And they're left up to themselves the rest of the time. And most CPAs are like most doctors; they spend a little bit with you once or twice a year, basically just kind of going over your numbers, just like a doctor. They just look at your vitals, look at your stats, they just go over your numbers, and then they say, "Oh, you did good this year. Or you didn't do good this year. You need to lose more weight, or you need to exercise more." And the CPA says, "Oh, well, you did good this year, or you didn't do good this year. You owe a lot of money. Next year, uh, you should try to work harder and do, be more successful in business." Right. And they don't really give you a game plan or a strategy. And, 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 and for me, my, my journey started, you know, when my mom was really sick when I was 10, when that sent me on my first quest to figure out, you know, cause all the doc, all the experts said my mom would be in a wheelchair the rest of her life. So I went on a quest to try to save my mom's life. Now we have our clinics to see 49,000 patient interactions a year. Um, we help people reverse chronic health issues all across the board, diabetes, fibromyalgia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, et cetera. And when our clinic started to become financially successful, I remember looking down and my, my CPA said, uh, I, well, I said to my CPA, I said, so I owe about $270,000 in taxes, but I only have about $40,000 in my bank account. And so, and I had worked so hard, or we, my team and I, we'd worked so hard and we felt like we had kind of like made it. And then we're like, well, why, why the hell did we work so hard when we have, when we now we, all we do is we just owe a bunch of money and we don't really have any, anything like left over. So like, 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 like why are we putting ourselves through all this stress and all this gnashing of teeth to try to make bills and run, run a business. And it was then I shift my mind shifted and then I've been on my second life quest and that's to help people reduce and taxes. I haven't paid taxes for the last, gosh, probably three or four years. Um, I haven't paid student loans and I think 14, well, I take it back. I paid my student loan. I paid one payment in the last 14 years on my student loans. Um, and I've helped a lot, many thousands of other, or not, I wouldn't say thousands, but numerous of other business owners that, that have reduced their tax liability. And oftentimes when I, when, after I work with people by about $98,000 per business. And I say thousands because there's thousands of businesses out there that, that reduce or eliminate their tax burden altogether using a lot of the same strategies and, and methods that we teach people. Um, and, and really it, 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 it um, it, it's just a game. It just, just like health, health is a game. If you want to be healthy at the game of health, you need to exercise, you need to eat healthy, you need to go out and do the fundamentals. But the average person has no idea what the fundamentals are when it comes to, to wealth strategy, growth, um, development. Well, and it's interesting because you use the analogy to accountants and doctors. And with doctors, um, you know, if, we, if something hurts or we feel sick, we can react to that. We end up being in a reactive mode. And so in most cases, we can go and, you know, we can find a symptom of the problem and go get it taken care of. But with accounting... We don't see the the symptom until it's time to pay the tax bill. The right? symptom is the symptom is holy crap! I have to pay I have to pay a ton of money. Right. But yet, but yet we don't do anything. It's like finding it's it's like it's like stepping on a nail, and you go into the doctors and they're like, yeah, you have a nail in your foot. That sucks. And you're like, yeah, it does. You're like, well, okay, well, I'll see you next year. Right. And that's what it's like with taxes. Like, oh, you had to pay a lot of taxes. Eh, well, that sucks. See you next year. Right. It's like, and 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 the average CPA doesn't doesn't do anything to help to help people because all the good CPAs they're they're with Amazon. I mean, look at Amazon; they don't pay any taxes. They actually get refunds back. So the the average business owner is not going to find a CPA like Amazon has. But I guarantee you, everyone's going out there. And here's the thing: people get mad at Amazon and corporations and all this greed and and they're all they're scamming the system, all this stuff. It's like they're not scamming the system; they just know the rules. And if you understand the rules, then you're going to be a better player. It's that easy. And if you don't, so, so don't get mad at the players. If you don't like the way the rules are structured, then go change the rules of the game. But the thing is, is that the Amazon CPAs, 
they're doing exactly what your CPA does. And that is they hire their CPAs to go out and find as many legitimate legal deductions as possible and to maximize that. And that's like anyone else. I, I've yet to meet a business owner that, that said, you know what, Mr. CPA, I, I don't think I want to take as many deductions as I did last year. I think I'd like to pay a few more taxes. So you know what, when you, when you really spend your time trying to find as many deductions for me as you can, eh, just don't, don't waste your time. Just, 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 if you find deductions, just forget about it. I'd just rather pay taxes. I mean, nobody does that. Right. So Amazon is doing just what everyone else does. It's just that they they can hire and afford the best CPAs, so you're not going to find them at, at TurboTax or, or or you know some of these other places, Liberty Tax yeah. or some of these other places, yeah. right? Yeah. So so and it's interesting because we're not just talking about I mean, you, you mentioned having paid taxes, haven't made student loan payments, um, and this isn't that you're um, you know avoiding you're not 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 evading taxes. You're just yeah. maximizing the opportunity that already exists in the tax code, right? Well, there's two, there's, there's two words there, evasion and avoidance. And mm -hmm. it's important to distinguish between those two because evasion is the bad stuff. That's the stuff that you go to, that you go to jail for. Evasion is, you know, you're, you're hiding income, meaning you're not claiming it. Um, avoidance is, is you're, you're bringing money in and you're being creative in terms of how you deduct it and how you expense things. And tax evasion, if you do something wrong, you can go to jail. Tax avoidance is is a discussion. If you do something wrong, then maybe you pay some extra penalties or fees or some extra tax. And that's a discussion. So tax avoidance is tax avoidance would be, okay, I, I wrote this meal off as a deduction. And then the IRS agent comes back. If you ever did get audited, an IRS agent says, well, was that really about, did you guys really talk about business? And then it's a discussion. It's like, and then whoever wins is like, well, no, that meal actually wasn't for business or yes, it was. And and then there's, oh, well, because we said it wasn't actually business related, you're going to have to actually pay taxes on it. Plus we're going to add some penalties in there, but you don't go to jail for stuff like that. So, so that's the realm that we play in is, is, and that's where thousands of other businesses play in is how can we do maximize and, and legitimize um, our deductions. And 93, I, I read a, a article, I believe it was in Forbes that said 93% of business owners overpay their taxes every single year by leaving basic simple deductions um, uh, and write-offs on the table. And the IRS has said, has said, I don't know if that exact same stat, but I've seen articles by the IRS that says that the average business owner and, and taxpayer is overpaying their taxes. I think it's to the tune of billions of dollars a year as a country, we overpay in taxes. And, and it's, these are legitimate deductions and legitimate write-offs. Yeah. So then if this is, if, if these loopholes are there in the tax code, and not even loopholes, just they're there. It's it's part of it's the tax code to do right. It is tax code. Yeah. Um, then why do people pay so much? Exactly. Uh, I I think it comes down to it's. Well, think of it like this: information does not equal implementation. I've probably given in my in my career. I've probably given. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm sure I've given over a hundred lectures by now. Um, to to a cumulative of thousands of people. Um, most of it's been in the health space and now more recently it's, it's been in the, in the financial space. So I've given lectures to thousands of people and I can tell you one thing. Information does not equal implementation. Well, I've had, I've had so many people come to my workshops and they say, well, Dr. Yala, can't I just buy your book or, or do you have this stuff online or, you know, can I do this? And I say, sure, you can, if you want to fail, do that. Mm. I, I say, because here's the thing, everything that I'm teaching it, you, you talk to any health expert out there and they could take everything that you need to do to be healthy and add 10 to 20 years to your life, get down to your goal weight, everything you need to do to reverse the most chronic of diseases. And you could put that in one page, double space, 12 font. But the thing is, is that information does not equal implementation. Right. Every, no one, now, 
any, no matter what camp you're in in nutrition, nobody's going to go out there and they're going to argue if you put French fries in somebody or a salad in front of somebody, no one's going to argue about what's healthier or what's not. But yet we still make decisions that we know are not, not healthy for us. And that's why in the U.S. we have 70.7% of the population is overweight or obese. We just, the, the life expectancy has dropped for the last three years in a row. Um, and the, and I think it's like, I think it's like if you're over the age of 50, I think the average person's on like three to four medications. Um, you know, I mean, just all, I mean, I could go on and on, you know, and all these stats that of how sick we are. And I've yet to meet somebody that was obese and really overweight coming to me and saying, gosh, you know what, Dr. Gal, I really love being overweight or obese. This is just awesome. I love it. And it's, it's not for lack of information because we have in, in, in the North America, we have more diet books per capita than probably anywhere in the world. Right. So there's a tremendous amount of information available, but it's the implementation. And the same with taxes. People overpay their taxes because, because the, the information's out there, but they don't implement it. They don't implement it. Because most people have heard that, that Amazon didn't pay any in taxes. Most people have heard that. Mm-hmm. But then now follow up and, and you know, at, j- just ask yourself this for someone's listening right now. Say, how much, you know, have you, have you ever heard that corporations like Amazon – have you ever heard that a lot of corporations don't pay any taxes or they pay really low taxes? Have you ever heard that? And most people say, well, yeah, I've heard that. It's like, okay, well, how many hours have you spent or, or how many hours do you spend each week researching how they do that so you can do the same in your business? Zero. Right. And, and, that, and that's the thing. So, so number one, they're not, they, don't even, they don't even, aren't even pursuing the right information. Mm-hmm. So even if they did get to the stage of implementation, they oftentimes don't even have the right information. So – so, the, but the information's out there. So number one, people aren't even, you know, it's, it's like, again, they're, they're playing a game, but they're not even showing up to the starting line. They're just staying at home. They're not even willing to get up, lace up their shoes and go to the starting line just to see what the race is all about. They'd just rather sit at home and kind of bicker and moan and say, well, my CPA is going to run the race for me. And, and that's why so many people are losing at the, at the money game of life. So, so just, that's just like so many people are losing at the health game of life. Right. So if, if you picture this then, um, people watching, people listening, not not understanding how to maximize your your tax savings is like having your CPA sub in for you in the financial game of life, and I think that's that's huge because um, as business owners, one of our biggest challenges is being a control freak and not being able to delegate effectively. Right. And, and this one piece that is so vital in our business and our life is something we're going. Oh well, you've got letters after your name. It's all on you. Now don't get me wrong. Yeah. I've got a CPA and she's awesome, but. I also want to understand what's going on behind the scenes and make sure that I'm that we're maximizing right. as much as we can, right? Like I'm not yeah. saying go it alone. You know, you need a CPA to sign off on the taxes, but own part of it. Right? So find find the right yeah, absolutely find the right CPA. Mm. I mean, you could do that, right? Be smart and dele- and, and and delegate to a CPA that thinks like you. Like, you know, that's the thing like in our clinics, right? Like mm-hmm. someone can go find a medical doctor anywhere. But, but there's going to be a medical doctor that's going to say, hey, let, let's give you a lot of medications and come back in six months, you know, and that's it. Or they could come to like a medical doctor in one of our clinics and, and they're going to say, hey, why don't we map out a game plan here? You know, you're, you're 40 pounds overweight. You say you want to be around when you, when, to watch your grandkids, you know, walk down the aisle together. You can't really go on walks with your wife anymore. You know, the, you're getting up there in, in age. Why don't we get a game plan? Let's map this out. What do you think? Like there's there's doctors like that out there too. So just find a doctor like that. Same thing with the CPA. If a CPA says, you know what, man, there's thousands of businesses out there that don't pay anything in taxes, and there's a lot of legitimate strategies that businesses use. Amazon, I mean, some of the most public facing companies utilize these strategies. 
So there's nothing secret about it. So why don't we utilize some of those strategies? And that's what we do um, in our in our business now is we help business owners reduce their tax liability to about to about 1.75%. And actually with the CARES Act now, we actually help people uh, work so they can actually get a refund for their last five years of taxes, which is which is tremendous, tremendous and huge. And I actually, even on that note, Jeremy, I have a lot to thank you for you in that in terms of in terms of where we are today and some of your trainings, some of your help in terms of our messaging and how to how to how to overcome some of the objections and the education and the implementation. So you've been instrumental in that. So um, so I'll just do a side bird walk, uh, bird walk right there for a second and say, give you a huge thank you for, for all the help you've helped with our business. Appreciate I mean, we're, we're, I mean, we're, we're in the first quarter of a, of, of a relatively new business. And I mean, we're well already over a million dollars in sales and, you know, and we're already like in our first, uh, yeah, in our, our first few months of, 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 of business, which is great. Awesome. Well, it helps when, when I work with companies that are doing such good things. I mean, for me, uh, it, it breaks my heart. I mean, I've been there. I've been the guy that went through your one of business and went, Awesome! I did really good. Oh, what's this tax bill? And it was more than what was in the bank account. Like I, right. I did that right, and and I didn't know there was no one showing me. And as I continue to surround myself with people like you um, and others, I get to open my eyes to the possibilities and not under not only see what I should be paying attention to, but see how I should be thinking about it. Yeah. So for me, that's why I love this because it's it's helping me think bigger. It's helping me think um, in a more educated way. And if I can help other people do it. That's that's what I'm here for, right? Help people get that message out. That's gonna um, at least support and ideally change someone's business or life. That's, yeah. that's what sales is all about, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the thing. It's just it's you know to me, sales is just being really good at communication, and and being really good at communication and understanding what the other person wants and helping them get what they want because they're, they're obviously talking to you because they want something. I mean, and here's, here's the thing. I mean, if, if I have a patient comes in, come in and here's the, here's the thing. I, I think doctor, I think doctors do a disservice. I think doctors, for instance, just on that vein, um, when the, when you say the word sales around doctors, like, Oh, I'm in healthcare. And it's like this badge of honor, like sales. Oh, that's a car salesman. You know, that, that's a car lot word. You know, I don't, we don't use that, but here's the thing. If you have a patient come in, and they're and they're on death's doorstep, and they're they're you know 100 pounds overweight. They're on multiple medications. They they can't even function really anymore. They're maybe on disability. They they can't play with their kids or their wife anymore. They can't walk. They're taking afternoon naps. They're on multiple medications. They have ulcers in their feet. They have digestive issues. They have uh, me- mental you know um, fog. They have all the aches and pains. You name it down the list. And if a patient comes in and you can't get them excited and motivated to make lifestyle changes. To me, that's on you and your profession because that's what you're paid to do is to help save people's lives. And if you can't educate, excite, and motivate and inspire people to do the recommendations that you're doing, then you have failed. And if a doctor just says, you need to go home, you need to exercise, you need to lose weight, you need to eat healthy. Well, clearly that does not work. People do, everybody knows that, but they don't know how to do it. So if you can't convey a message, I would say to any doctors that are listening right now, that if you're not selling your patient on a, on a, on a more transformative future and you're not inspiring them to be a better version of themselves and you're not you're not you're not helping them tap into that emotional excitement that's going to help them actually pick a salad versus french fries and actually tap into why they need to make these health or why they want to make these health changes and if you can't help paint that picture for them and help them on that then i believe you failed as a doctor because the doctor that goes home and says gosh i just can't leave all these patients like they don't take any of your personal responsibility and everyone's sick well, well, if they're your patients, then that's on you because our patients get better. Our patients get well. I'm not saying 100%. I'm not trying to sit here and gloat and say that we have it all figured out. We have trying to, 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 to grow. But what I'm saying is if you go home and you throw your keys down and say, ah, another day, just gosh, I wish people would take personal responsibility. 
It's like, well, they're coming to you to fix a problem. And if you're not helping them fix the problem, then you need better communication skills. And to be a better communicator, you need to sell them on the idea of, of what their future could be like if they were to take personal responsibility. And you need to get them excited and inspired of that better future. And that's, to me, what, what sales is. It's just getting people excited about a better future for themselves. And take, take the word sales out if you don't like it. Just say, be a really good inspirer. Mm. And and that's all it is. Just just be a really good motivator and inspire. I, I don't really like the word motivator. I'd say inspire. Be an inspiration for people. Um, mm. Because Martin Luther King did a hell of a job selling civil rights. Gandhi right. did a hell of a job selling civil disobedience. Mother Teresa did a hell of a job selling philanthropy and and loving and caring for each other. And they were just great communicators at a message. And and that's the thing. That's that's the difference. We have to get rid of this you know, this car lot idea of buy now, buy now, what can I do to get you into this before you leave? I mean, that, 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 that's, that's convincing. That's not, that's not to me, inspiring is, is a whole nother thing. And that, that's what we have to reach out to. And that's what we have to be in. Cause if you can do that, we're going to win. And I see the same thing with people in finances that they come to me and they're paying all this money in taxes. And it's like, okay, well, you're going to have to learn here and we're going to help you through the process. And it's going to hurt your brain a little bit, but we can get you there if you're willing to do it. You know, so why is this important? And the same thing when I talk with people, Tap into their motivation. Why are you here? I want more money so I can go on vacation. I want, I want to be able to expand my business. I want to be able to you know, not be stressed out as much. I want to be able to get my staff and my team more bonuses, but these taxes are strangling me. Well, all right, then let's hold on to that. And as we go through this, I'm going to ask you to be doing some things that you may say, gosh, that's too hard. I can't do that. It's too frustrating. Say, well, before you throw in the mental towel, let's keep hold of why you're doing this. You want money so you can put your kids to college. So you can, you know, have vacations, you can give more to your team, whatever the case may be. Let's hold on to that because the learning process that I'm going to take you through is going to hurt. So we have to have, we have to have our self-imposed carrot out there and the transformation that we're holding on to that has an emotional meaning for us. hundred percent. So if we go back to that finances piece, where do people start? Like I, I know the, the, you know, the majority of people, um, they're, they start a business and they're, they're figuring out as they go, they might not have had the, the initial um, education or access to that information right. or didn't act on the in- information at the time. But now they're like, you know what? I'm ready to start looking at my business like yeah. the CEO that Jeff Bezos is. Or, right. a, you know, Grant Cardone talks about how he had this huge tax bill and uh, so he went and bought a jet, you know, a private plane. Yeah, and, and wrote it all off. And, yeah, wrote it off, yeah. Like right? million in ta- yep. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what's the first step for someone that wants to make that transition and doesn't know how? Yeah, great, great. The first thing is 100% is you have to have, uh, I'd say two things. Number one is you have to be willing to, to invest and trust the process, not the outcome. So number one is you have to be willing to invest in the process. And that process, the first step of that process is, is surrounding yourself with the people that are already doing it. Just consume their content, listen to their videos, surround themselves and do that as fast as you can. You know, figure out, figure out, look at who's doing what you're already doing and say, how can I go to the front of the line and, and, and get there as fast as you can. And sometimes it's paying it, writing a check to get to the front of the line. Sometimes it's, it's just positioning. Sometimes it's, it's providing value to that person or that organization. Um, you know, whatever it is that you can do to accelerate it. Um, you know, it's like Tony Robbins says, he's like, you know, whenever he's going to try a new skill, he goes out and finds the best in the world and hires them. And it's like, well, why not? Because that's going to save me a tremendous amount of time. So when I'm, when I, when I want to invest and make a financial decision, I go out and hire the best financial advisor in the world. Like, why not? If I, and we can afford it, you know, if you want to learn golf, go hire the best golf coach you can afford, you know, and, and if, if golfing is really important to you. So I'd say, because here's the thing, you know, I, I think of it like marriage, right? If, if you, if you're at the altar and you're saying, you know, tell death do us part, 
that's investing the outcome. You may win or you may lose. So you may not succeed at that. If you say, I'm going to get married and I'm getting married and my goal is to be married to you forever, you may win or you may lose. And you don't know if you've won or lost until the end. But if you say, you know what, I really love and care about you and you're going to invest in the process and you say every day, I make this promise. I invest in the process every day. And every day, I'm going to invest in waking up and trying to be the best partner that I can be. And I'm going to share myself with you. And I'm going to invest in you. And I'm going to be the best partner for you every single day. And if that gets us the, the rest of the life together and till our final days, and, and we're happy and we're successful in supporting each other, then, then awesome. That's wonderful. But you know what? I would much rather invest in being the best I can every single day for you as a partner than then tell death to us part. And there's this, there's this binding to us that no matter what we do to each other, we have to stick, stick it out regardless. Uh, and to right. me, I, I just love the, the, I just love the latter much more. And that is investing in the process because now, because, because if you invest in the process, you're always going to win because you never know what opportunity deal flow is going to come along the way, what relationship you're going to have, what fun adventures, exciting things you're going to see along the way, because it's like music, you know, very few people listen to music to hear the last note. I mean, people listen to music be, be, because of the journey through it and life and finances and, and just about everything else is that because the end moment, the end goal is just that it's a moment. It's a fleeting moment. Mm. It's like Christmas, right? Leading up to Christmas is so much more exciting than when you, I mean, to some people, but when you open the present, <laughs> you get the excitement it's there, but think of the anticipation that builds up to that. Right. Is, is almost more than the actual event of opening the present. I have the new toy. Okay, now what's what's next? Next what next week? I mean, I mean that's the thing. A week before Christmas, look how excited kids are versus a week after Christmas. Right. You know, and just and just think of that. So because the kids are very invested in in the process, and, mm -hmm. and they're in, in they're they're very much living in the moment. They're just so excited. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, they're, because they're thinking of the future, and you can do that. But it's but it's focusing on the present, the moment right here. So I'd say investing in the process and in surrounding yourself with people that have the right mindset. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I believe you have a resource that our audience can uh, tap into to jumpstart their, their yeah, financial education. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we were talking a little bit before we jumped on live here. So if people want to, we're hosting a, a, a summit and there's a series coming up. I know uh, right now during, well, this video right now is being recorded, COVID and all that's going on. So we postponed it a bit, but we, we are going to have the date and it'll be, it'll be live. So if you want to register for that, we have a host of all different experts, CPAs, financial advisors that try to make um, saving money, eliminating taxes fun. I know it sounds weird, but fun, entertaining, exciting. And so you, you don't have as much hair pulling out so that you can, uh, so you can reduce your taxes to about 1.75% and or get a refund of your last five years of, uh, last five years of taxes without having to become a financial expert or twisting yourself in knots. And you can do it all from the comfort of your home. And oftentimes it can be as simple as a two-step process to, uh, to get your taxes down and keep your liquidity. That's the thing is we show people how to get their taxes down to essentially zero um, while maintaining full liquidity of mm. their money. That that's huge. So we're not, we don't, we don't t teach people how to dump it into a retirement account or, you know, whole health life insurance or some of these other vehicles. We help people um, keep it liquid, get their taxes down so that they can keep it in play and keep it in work in their business or their life or investments, or whatever they want to do with it. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, good doctor. I wouldn't call you doc, but oh, well, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I have a couple very important questions for you before we call it a day on this. Shoot. Conversation. So this ultimately sales team rescue is for sales people and people that want to develop sales teams. So my first question to you is this, what is your favorite type of coffee or comparable drink? 
first cup, cup of favorite. Well, I don't drink coffee. I've I had two cups of coffee in my life. One, one was on purpose to try it. I didn't like it. And the second time was by mistake because uh, someone mixed my drink wrong. Right. Uh, my favorite, I, I'd say probably like an organic, uh, an organic herbal, herbal tea. Okay. Gotcha. I, I, I mean, if I'm comparable, some, something, something, sure. to, something yeah. to coffee. All right. Now, if you were to um, share a book or a movie that sales leaders should read or watch, what would that be? Oh gosh. Um, well, the first movie that comes to mind was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, but that's not a sales movie. But it, but I love well, that. you know what? I, I love the message. And I love the journey there because you know what? Actually, I will stick by that because uh, that, that's first came to mind. Because I think the reason I love that movie so much with Kevin Costner mm-hmm. is because it is so such to me. It's such an inspirational of standing up for what you really believe in, and and, and it's standing standing up for 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 the transpiration, the inspiration. There's this one scene, right? Where he comes back, you know, and he steals the steals the the, the horse from the, from the the the, the what was it the the sheriff of Nottingham, and uh, I think it's little Johnny says, "Well, you know, you really stored up a hornet's nest this time, didn't you?" And uh, and I, I just love the the language and the 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 decor and the clothes and everything. And he comes in and he, and he says, "Well, you know, what what do we you know what are we gonna do?" He's like, "Well, we can't we can't fight back, you know. They have swords." And then Kevin Costner and Robin Hood goes on this whole speech of like, you know, we have food, you know, what, what do we have, you know, what, what do we need that the forest can't provide. You know, it's like, oh, well, they have armor. Well, you know, every boy can find the chinks in a, in a suit of armor, you know, and, and he goes on and he gives us inspiration saying, and to me, it's, he's overcoming all these objections, right? He's a yeah. tremendous, and, but here's the thing. He's not selling, he's inspiring right. and, and he's selling, he, he's, he's inspiring them to a greater transformation. It's not being oppressed and it's not being held down by the sheriff anymore. So, so to me, I love, I love that movie for all that it is. Um, and, and the hero's journey and the hero's arc that, that goes throughout there. And plus, I'm just, I grew up out in the middle of the woods in Oregon. So I used to run around and build forts. I w- we were surrounded by thousands of acres. So we would run around in the woods and, you know, we'd play Amp Guard, which is where you basically you take a piece of PVC, you put foam over it, and you beat each other around and you, and, and, you know, you play kind of Dungeons and Dragons out in the, out in the middle of the woods. It was tons of fun. So I, love it. I have I that love in my it. roots too. Awesome. Now I'm going to have to go watch that movie again. Yeah. Uh, so next question is, Oh, let me say this. You, you yeah. said book. I, I also mm-hmm. think the book, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People, mm-hmm. um, horrible title, right. tremendous content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A- it's, absolutely. It's I mean, it's that is something that everybody, I mean, that should be taught in school, the, the, all, all the principles in there. And I love it because at the end, of it, they give that little nugget that's so actionable. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Now, who is somebody who's been a mentor in your life? Uh, that's a great question. I've had several of those. Uh, an exercise that I went through a while back is going through, and, and I had I had a I had a colleague of mine um, share this with me. He said he went through his entire life, and he had a piece of paper, and he went through, and he just did a brain dump of every transformational moment or transformational figure in his life, and he basically just wrote down the person, the person, or the name, or the event, and then what what fork in the path that he believed that that provided for him in terms of maybe where he thought he was going and what it provided. And so I did that same exercise. And so I can look back on the forks of that tree several times and I can see where and what it was. Um, I would say, you know, obviously my parents were very, were very transformational uh, and, and very inspirational because they grew up out in the middle of the woods, no running water, no electricity, no phones, no, no roads, nothing. I mean, literally pitched a tent out in the middle of the woods and started building a homestead. And that's how I grew up. So, I mean, there, there, there was no such thing as like, oh, I can't. It's like, Dude, you figure it out. Like our pipes froze. You'd have to go down to the pond and get water and bring it back up, boil it. And, you know, so the pipes would be in for our electricity would go out. So we'd have kerosene lamps in our, in our rooms. You know, the phone would go out because the, we didn't even have a phone line until I was born. 
but they, they just wrapped the phone line around the trees and then the trees would fall over in storms. So we'd have phone, um, you know, the road would get snowed. So we'd have to ski down to, to the car in the morning to drive to, to school. Um, cause the bus, the bus, uh, stop was three, three miles away. Um, so, you know, I mean, like, like, I think, I think both my parents, like you just, like, like there's, there's nothing that you can't do. I think in healthcare it was Dr. David Seaman who helped me help show me that you could reverse chronic disease and his teachings really helped. Um, Dr. Lauren, Cord- Dr. Lauren Cordain was very powerful. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've had a, a few others, but that, that, that buy it from afar that weren't, that didn't really like weren't in my life, um, tangibly, but, but that I learned from as, as mentors from afar that I've watched or learned from. Awesome. Awesome. Now, final question. What is the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to keep you on your game? <laughs> oh boy. Um, I don't know if it's strange. I, I think that's a great question. I, I, I don't think it's strange, uh, but, but I, and I want to be more consistent with it. And it's practicing uh, mindfulness and meditation towards living in an examined life. And, and it's the process of, of when I find myself lost in thought, of asking myself, is this really, is this really, is this really one where I want to be spending my emotions right now? So if I'm feeling myself get worked up, I'm asking myself, okay, so I'm not going to be feeling this forever. So how long do I want to decide to be feeling this? Because there's going to be a time where it's going to end. So why don't I just end it right now? And then if I'm distracted or maybe not being as productive as I like, I say, okay, so there's going to be a time where I'm going to be productive. So when do I want to start being productive again? Because there's going to be a finite window to me not being productive or doing what I really want with my life or in this moment or whatever it is. And, and, and so it's, it's, it's observing the observer. So, okay, I guess this is what it is. Maybe this distills it down. What I do is I, I actually pretend that I'll try to get in the frame here. I actually pretend that I'm watching myself, like I'm watching a movie and I'm watching myself from about maybe two to three feet up into the right. And then I'm, and I'm, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm residing. And whenever I do that, then I can watch myself as though I'm watching someone else. And then, and then it removes the emotion. So I can be, I can say, oh, Okay, I see what Thaddeus needs to do, mm. and and by putting myself, you know, kind of like an actor, right? Like when you go, when you, when you know, like if you watch great actors, they they embody the character, so their their demeanor, their gait, their body language, it 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 resides in them, and it and it comes out in terms of who they are, and I think by me putting myself up there and owning that that I'm watching myself, it really does. Um, it, it really removes, removes the emotion. So I can watch mm. myself more objectively and I can genuinely look at myself and say, okay, so Thaddeus, you're doing this right now because you know, you're, you're, you're walking to the fridge right now instead of, instead of doing this because you just got excited because of that last call. And so you really don't need to be eating this right now. So, but you're really excited. So why don't you go for a run? Mm. You know? So, so it'll be like things like that where you can actually now start to quantify what you're doing because it's so easy, right? If you watch someone else doing something, right. it's so easy to be like, well, you know what? I, I know that my partner just came home and they were kind of grouchy, but I know it's not really me. I know it's because, you know, they just had, you know, they just had a flat tire. You know, 10 of the things happened and they, maybe they just don't quite have the skill set to deal with those things and still remain positive. So I know it wasn't me. So I don't have to take that. I don't have to take that personally. Right. So, you know, we can watch other people and say, gosh, they're grumpy because of this. Um, and I'm not saying that's a justification because I think we all have the, the power, you know, like Viktor Frankl says, to choose how we act in a situation. Mm-hmm. But now I'm, 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 I'm at the point where I'm trying to allow myself to do that. So I think that's it. Is, mm-hmm. is, and really owning that. And the more that I own it, the more that I own that, the easier it is to look at myself objectively and, and to make objective decisions. Mm, that's really interesting. And, wow. and, to have, and to have that tough conversation because sometimes when you're watching yourself and you're really honest – the reasons you're doing certain things or not doing certain things, sometimes you don't like the answers 
And if you're really able to dive into that and be honest with yourself and not just brush it off and really watch, then then you can really do some some good work. And I think like Tim Ferriss says, it's like, you know, the success of someone can be directly measured by how comfortable they are by being uncomfortable mm-hmm. or, or how many uncomfortable conversations they've been willing to have in their life. And I think that's a way to have uncomfortable conversations with yourself. That's awesome. Wow. I've never heard that. And that makes a lot of sense. Huh. Well, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, all right, guys. So this has been episode number 46. Yes, 46 of Sales Team Rescue and the good Dr. Thaddeus Argala from Trust the Sky Solutions. Um, and guys, remember to catch this replay and uh, replays of previous episodes. Go to salesteamrescue.com. We will see you next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Get uncomfortable, get results. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.